0: Hey Seahawks fans, welcome back to another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host Bill Altschiff, here with Keith Myers, and we're talking playoffs this week. Welcome we in, are. Keith.
1: It's playoff time. So Bill, I don't know how to break this news to you, but the 2011 <laughs> NFL regular season is over. 2011? No, sorry, 2021. Yeah, that, <laughs> you, that, that, that you
0: didn't know t- how to break that <clears throat> to me. I totally t- get the, that.
1: The 2020, because I'm thinking in my head it's 2021, <laughs> but then I was looking at, at other stats and everything a second ago. The 2020 NFL regular season over. I just totally blew my whole joke.
0: I know. What was what the a, joke?
1: What a great. <laughs> I you know at this point it doesn't even matter. Um, what a great awesome. way to start the show. Let's get in and talk some football.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm drinking wine too, so it's a it's a great time to be a Seahawk fan. Yeah, it is. <laughs> So uh, the the twenty season is over, as uh, Keith alluded to in uh, in a bizarre joking fashion. We really don't was, even understand what no, what happened there, but
1: just don't even try. It's, it's, <laughs> it's gone. Seahawks finished
0: twelve gone. and four, number three seed in the NFC. Um, Packers are number one seed. Saints are number two. Seahawks number three. Washington four. Tampa Bay five. Los Angeles Rams six, and the Bears seven with. The Packers having the bye, uh, three games this uh, weekend, both in the AFC and then in the NFC as well. Um, We're going to talk about that uh, a lot in this show, uh, break down those matchups. The divisional uh, matchups are pretty well set as well. Green Bay plays the winner of Washington and Tampa Bay and the winner of uh, Seattle or the Rams face the winner of the saints and bears. So we kind of already know we're either going to be playing the, the saints or the bears in the, in the divisional round if we get past mm. the Rams.
1: And both of those are very winnable games. Uh, I agree. Seattle.
0: I agree. The bears,
1: the bears are not a great team on any side of I mean, the And the
0: saints are, yeah,
1: the saints um, have struggled at times this year. They've got a good defense, uh, but offensively they've had some problems. Yeah. Seattle's
0: and, used to that formula. We faced yep. a lot of those teams in the last six, seven weeks.
1: So, uh, it, it it it's a matchup that that I believe favors Seattle getting to uh, the NFC Championship game against the Packers. I know. And I was thinking
0: would... about that. I was going to save that for the end, but you mentioned it right up front. I totally agree. I I just that's the way I'm seeing it. And let's let's play this thing out because we got a lot to talk about. And that'll build up to why we think that. Because if you really look at it, there's not. There's there's not a clear path for any one team to get to the Super Bowl. Um, and Seattle stacked up as good as anybody. I think they mm-hmm. match up well against the Packers and the Saints. Probably less so than the Packers. It's going to be one of those games, you know. But nonetheless, if you can I mean, get the to Packers, the NFC Championship the Packers game, Packers there you
1: have, go. The Packers, I believe, have you know the easiest road. Because they get a week off and then they play the winner of... Um, Washington you know, and Tampa, Tampa Bay, yeah. Washington and Tampa. And both of those teams are, are flawed, are highly flawed. Um, Tampa's clearly the better team in my eyes, uh, because they actually have an offense and Washington doesn't, but you know, the, that's, it's, I think Green Bay is going to, going to handle them kind of with ease and it's going to set up the, uh, NFC championship game. Uh, and it's, yeah, that's a, and it's a really interesting matchup. Uh, between the Packers and the Seahawks right now. Um,
0: yeah, let's not get too far ahead. Let's not get too far ahead. And and, and it's going to be at Lambeau Field.
1: That's the problem. <laughs>
0: so let's, let's talk about <laughs> yep. all the other stuff. Okay, so the, uh, the 2021 opponents were set uh, earlier this morning, uh, recording day. Uh, mm-hmm. We've got the Cardinals, 49ers, Rams, obviously, at home. And uh, the Bears, Lions, Jaguars, Titans, and Saints uh, also visit uh, Lumen Field. Away games are the Cardinals, 49ers Rams, plus the Colts, Packers, Texans, Washington, and the Vikings. And just a quick summary on that schedule. I'm looking at probably 10 or 11 wins there. Um, I'm not sure if there's 12 wins there to repeat You know the, the, this year's win total. Uh, but there's definitely, you know, a playoff team uh, a, a path available. Uh, but it is a little bit of a tougher schedule, I think, overall than well, this last year. You
1: do, anytime you aren't playing uh, the NFC East the way it was this year, it's a tougher schedule because there's actually going to be competent teams in whatever division you're you're uh, lined up against. And um, the AFC South, which is what who they are, it is got you know it's kind of weak, but there's some potential there. Um, and it's, we'll see. It's it I mean, goes. you
0: always assume your team is going to get a little better. Um, and, and, yeah, you but know, it doesn't always happen. Well, and especially this year, there's so <clears throat> much uncertainty, um, with, with the COVID-19 thing. And then with the, the salary cap and how that affects teams and, uh, the amount of free agents and so forth and the, the draft and, uh, the lack of, um, the lack of draft draft capital this year, at least right now, um, all of that plays into you know what we're looking at next year. But you know we've got all of off season to talk about that. Let's talk about what's going on now. Uh, let's talk about uh, things that are happening uh, right now, today, this week. Um, interesting enough, just right before I pushed the record button, Keith, I saw online that Daryl Taylor is practicing with the Seattle Seahawks yeah, I did today. See
1: that. <clears throat> is he he's probably not gonna play, but he's getting practice time in with the team this year um again, so he's <clears throat> i know they they've sent him to other doctors and he's still having problems and he he worked out uh, a couple of weeks ago and it was really sore and had a lot of issues but they got the um inflammation under control fairly quickly and he's out there practicing again we'll we'll see how it goes i mean every practice. Makes it less of a lost year for him because there's learning that happens, and it makes the tape study that he'll do in the off season um, more meaningful. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I I mean mean, that's the that's the that's the very optimistic you know way to look at it. Obviously, and I you know you you have to. I mean you've got to say, listen, kid, come in. You've been reading the playbook all year. You've been standing on the sidelines watching this play. You've been in team meetings, um, and now you're going to be able to 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 put that into action on the field for you know, one, three, four, maybe five weeks, maybe he's activated, you know, he, he goes through three weeks of practice. We're still in the playoffs. It's the NFC championship game. Maybe we've got a little Nick cut scrape injury type situation to one of the other players. He's activated on the, on the active roster and he gets a chance to get, you know, 10 snaps or whatever. I mean, that's a good experience for him. Playoff football, all that kind of stuff. Um, that's the best case scenario. I mean, to me, and then the worst case is he, this thing flares up again after practice and you know, you, you just turn the page and you go into next year and you hope another three, three months off kind of mm-hmm. really helps him.
1: Or another surgery if they, if they determine <laughs> that's what he needs. Um, <clears throat> I mean, at some point he's got to get right. Yeah. And get, get on the field. Yeah,
0: Well, you and know, with the lack of, uh, draft picks, we could certainly use him as a quasi, you know, draft well, pick yeah, for I mean, this year. They got,
1: They've gotten literally nothing from him this year because he hasn't been able to be active maybe, yeah. from that, uh, the injury that he suffered in college. And so, if he comes in next year, he's a, he's a rookie, right? I mean, he yeah. won't be he he won't be classified Basically. as one, but he will be a rookie. And so he would be like a second. Well, let me ask you this, and add, I can't remember
0: off the top of my head, but when a guy is out all year on injury, doesn't get activated for any games? Is that an accrued season for this player? Um, as a contract situation he,
1: he is in on the nfi list isn't he on football injury i believe the answer is no if he was on injured reserve um then yes it counts but on the nfi no it's just um, like
0: he it this year just never existed
1: yeah wow it, they, they retain his rights for the full uh four years
0: that's a, that's that's some tough luck for him hopefully Things work out, and uh, the team is able to to move forward with Daryl Taylor. You know, obviously he's got got some talent. Uh, The team was counting on him uh, to come in and have some sort of an effect this year, and um, it'd be nice to have that next year. All right, news and notes, Wildcard Week. Um, let's just talk about all the records that were set. Uh, Give give some of these players some props uh, this year for outstanding effort. Let's start with DK Metcalf. Keith broke Steve Largent's thirty five year receiving. Uh, Yardage record, Uh, Largent had 1,287 yards. That was set in 1985, a long time ago, before a lot of listeners, I'm sure, were probably born. Um, It's broken now. DK Metcalf with uh, over 1,300 yards uh, on the season, Uh, 10 touchdowns, tremendous uh, work by Metcalf, lived up to all the expectations that we had set, even though he quieted down the last four or five weeks. Uh, because Russell wasn't able to get him some deep, uh, touches. Um, nonetheless, a tremendous, uh, effort by, uh, DK Metcalf probably earned an all pro type of, um, you know, stature. Uh, maybe,
1: yeah, second team, maybe um, second team. He would have been was, first
0: team <clears throat> if he would have stayed on that pace and it just fell off for yeah, Russell last, and Metcalf at the same time. Obviously. Yeah.
1: They both, uh, I mean, DK's stats are dependent on Russell and Russell's play. Uh, in general dropped off and, and everyone, um, saw some, you know, decrease in their rate stats, but, uh, you know, it's, it's a record breaking year for him, a lot of yards and just tremendous play from him. And a second year player who is 22.
0: Well, he just turned 23.
1: Or sorry. He just turned, you're right, he yeah. Yeah. In November. Um, yeah, crazy. Um, but he's young he, and, he's, and hungry he is the guy after his second year about the age that most players are drafted. Um, so he has, there's still development left to be, to be gotten out of him. Here's still improvement. Um, he said that he was after, to, he
0: was going to go after Megatron at some point now that whether that's next year, or whether he gets the touches, you know, Pete Carroll was asked that in a press conference last week. Whether uh, DK uh, would have an opportunity at at a at a record like that, which is like eighteen hundred yards or some you -hmm. know some amount, and um, you know he was kind of I don't know, Um, you know
1: because those those Detroit teams well that's it's crazy, but we just don't pass the ball
0: now. If you look, they uh, threw the ball. Let's say that DK Metcalf had one hundred percent catch rate, just for the sake of the argument. You know he was targeted like one hundred and twenty three times, I think something like that this year caught 87 or thereabouts. Mm -hmm. Um, if he caught an additional, you know, 10, 15% of his opportunities, you could get in a situation where you're at least at 1600, um, and and, and maybe pushing the, the record. So, you know, it, it is a doable situation, but you know some of that is on DK Medcalf, Let's be honest; he's got uh, he's, gotta he's got to get rid of the drops. Got to get rid of some of those drops, not all of them, but but a majority of them. And obviously, he's going to be in a situation where he's a guy that's targeted on those deep throws. Those are more difficult to complete uh, to begin with, and um, you know he's going to be on the number one cornerback. Uh, on the, on the defensive side of the ball, uh, throughout almost every game. So his, he's going to be tightly covered and he's going to have to figure out ways to overcome that. Now there were situations in the past where like Doug Baldwin and Tyler Lockett had to go through the same evolution in the offense where they were the primary target and they were going to be tightly covered. And they had to work through those things, not only themselves, um, mentally, and, and physically just to outperform. But also the coaches helped scheme some of those things uh, open. And there are opportunities, I think, within the scheme to allow DK Metcalf to flourish more, at least underneath and crossing type routes as well. Those are there. I don't think that we're necessarily uh, using those um, as much as we probably could.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of different ways to get him more yards. And you have to. He's your best <clears throat> player the, on offense other than and Russell Wilson. And I think, but I think the, the biggest component is he's got to catch the ball because he had a lot of drops. Joe Fan
0: put out a question here in a row. Well, Joe Fan put that so. put out the question who's who's the number one wide receiver in the NFL or for the Seattle Seahawks, Tyler Lockett or DK Metcalf? And then he put up the stats. Tyler's got 100 catches for, you know, over a thousand yards now, 10 touchdowns. DK Metcalf's got 83 catches for 1,300 some odd yards and 10 touchdowns. Who's the number one? Well, it's DK Medcalf, but Tyler Lockett is equal value, you know? And so, um, both those guys are, are, are primo. And speaking of Tyler Lockett, tied career high with, uh, 10 touchdowns, had 1,054 yards overall, broke the team record for most receptions in a season, which was held by two players at 94, Bobby Ingram and Doug Baldwin. Um, second time in team history that they've had two 1,000 yard wide receivers, 1995 Brian Blades, Joey Galloway. Tyler Lockett had a heck of a year.
1: He had a, he had a tremendous year, and I believe he was dealing with some sort of injury there um, for a bit because he had a real rough stretch where he just wasn't getting getting catches, wasn't getting yards, and he just wasn't getting the kind of separation he did early in the year and then again at the end of the year. So he was never on the injury report, was never reported or anything, but, man, you watch the games, you watch the tape... He looked like he was kind of banged up there in the middle, and he still yep. had a record breaking. Well, here.
0: here's here's an interesting thing that I just thought about right this very second. In the three games that he played uh, in uh, against Arizona, and then the game he played in Arizona against the Forty Nine ers, just in those three games, he had more catches than our number three wide receiver, right? Like David mm-hmm. David Moore, like thirty some odd receptions, and you know, yeah. Um, David yards. Moore was
1: the number three wide receiver and he needed a uh, odd shovel pass jet yeah. sweep pitch to count <laughs> as a reception on the the final non-kneel down play of the season to get to 35 receptions because it kicked in a bonus. So if you're wondering why the Seahawks ran that play, that end around um, where he pitched Sh- the ball forward yep. um, to, to David Moore, uh, with, their, with you know, 20 some seconds left and, and, uh, and it was kneel down, no kneel down time. Right. Right. Um, why they ran that? Well, that's not what the play was called. The, the play was called, you know, victory formation, kneel down and, and do it. But, uh, they got out there and Russell Wilson changed the play to that play specifically to give David Moore that reception because it triggered a $100,000 incentive um, and I, I like that. On season. You know. I do too. Yeah,
0: it, 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 it's you're going to piss off the 49ers for half a second until they find out why. And then, yeah. you know, we all found out and then it really does make it uh, make the bond um better, you know, with with well, the team, with Russell Wilson, with the player. It's just a good thing to do. A good outside of football, just a good thing to do for another person. And um looking out especially since I think uh, Moore was originally tagged at a high, like a $2.1 million level contract, uh, original round draft tag, right? And then mm-hmm. they negotiated uh, a salary down into the $900,000 range with, with some incentives. And he accepted that deal to, to make sure that he was on the team and he, they helped him get the incentive. So I think that's, that's pretty cool, actually
1: yeah and you know like i said you, like you said uh yeah it's gonna piss the 49ers off until they learn why and i'm sure that as soon as the play was over right
0: oh they wanted to uh, fight you could see they were kind of tussling a little bit and you could see them kind of negotiating something you know it's like yeah i mean they and was that, there, that's and what like, it was
1: wait, wait wait we're just trying to get him a catch so that he can get to he ran out of he, bounds he, he
0: didn't try to pick up any yards
1: Nope. Yeah, he, he took the reception and he ran straight to the sideline, went out of bounds, made sure nobody got hit, nobody got hurt, um, and just got the they just wanted to get him the money. And it's it's great for the team. And the thing is other like the other teams are gonna they're gonna respect it. I mean, in the Absolutely. moment the 49ers I'm Absolutely. sure hated it, but you know, give them five minutes and I, then they'll find and they'll they'll respect
0: yeah, it. Yeah, the it's overarching like, sentiment out in you know, media is that it was pretty cool. It was, it was mm-hmm. the right thing to do. It was something that, that, uh, Russell Wilson made sure that he knew that, that that was on the line and that he just took care of business. Now, I don't know why they didn't try to do that earlier in the game. Um, but
1: because they were just letting the game, I mean, they were down in the fourth quarter.
0: Yeah, but uh, they could have worked they out. Work, it. They could have worked in one play. I mean, that might've been a great play <laughs> if it was in the flow of, of, of the game itself. All right. Uh, Russell Wilson tied Dan Marino. Now, I've 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 got disputing kind of uh, stats here. Um, uh, one uh, place had him tied with Dan Marino for second place all time with 266 touchdowns thrown by a quarterback in his first nine seasons. The Hall of Fame sent out a tweet. Uh, NFL Hall of Fame account sent out a tweet that said he broke Dan Marino's record, so he's uh, alone in second place all time. So. Unclear on that. Nonetheless, he's in second place all time uh, with with uh, 266 career touchdowns in the first nine seasons. That's amazing, you know. And if anybody on this show that's that's listening remembers Dan Marino, I mean the guy was just a, a slinger, like a gunslinger, and very accurate and a fun quarterback to watch for Miami for many many unless, years.
1: Unless he was playing Seattle.
0: Oh well, we had that one game where Steve Largent had that that bomb from Craig. In the uh, divisional round uh, game before mm-hmm. we lost to the Raiders, we went to Miami in a game that nobody thought we could win because the Mi- oh, Miami was yeah. tremendous that year, right? They were loaded. They, yeah, they
1: were loaded. They were they were the they were the um like the Chiefs uh, last year um, or the Seahawks of 2013. <clears throat> you know, they were the everyone's favorite. Dominated all year. They were they were the team destined. Um, that was a loaded roster.
0: Yeah, I don't remember the, all the all the guys, but yeah, you're right.
1: One of the only times that Dan Marino had a good roster. True, right and up. that
0: was what eighty three um, or eighty four. I can't remember one of those two years.
1: I think it was eighty. It eighty four. 84.
0: No, it was eighty four. It was the year that uh, Warner's Kurt Warner's knees, knee yeah. went out in the first game, and I and I thought this, the game, the season is over. Like at that moment when when Warner went down with the knee, I was like that's it. I mean, Chuck Knox, ground Chuck. That was it. That was our running yeah. game. That was the focus for the entire year gone. And I and thought in
1: he went to, he went to air Chuck and threw the ball. <laughs> that is right. And that's threw right. The ball all over the place. Craig put up some pretty m- amazing numbers and you know, they did what they had to. They got into the playoffs. They want to want to play game and uh, then lost. Yeah. But, and, and then it was the following year when they got Warner back. Now granted he was never the same. As he was. Not as explosive. Um, um, but even when they had Warner back, it was that following year when Largent set the yards record.
0: Wow. So, yeah, Dave Craig Knox was an underrated quarterback. It,
1: um, he fumbled not, a lot,
0: but he could throw. Uh,
1: he could. He fumbled a lot. Those tiny little hands. <laughs> <laughs> what do you have, like
0: 8.75-inch eight, 8. hands? Oh, you know, Russell Wilson's yeah, his, got 10 or something like that, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, his hands were his hands were small. He, had a he led the NFL.
0: In fact, I think he set an NFL record at the time for oh, fumbles by a quarterback or fumbles he in general.
1: Just fumbles in general, and he owns that, and he owns it by a lot, and wow. he probably, it'll probably never I didn't know that he still owns it. There's no one who's That's ever crazy. been close. That's funny. Um, like, he has the record, like... I need to, would have to go look it up. But I remember the last time I looked it up, it was something like 70 more fumbles than any other <laughs> like he, That's he, absurd. He, he broke it, and then he continued starting for like four more years because he went to the Chiefs um, and played like three years with them and continued to fumble the ball all the time. Yeah, you know, um,
0: honestly, I mean, him and hasselback are, are right in competition with me for, for my second favorite quarterback in franchise history. I, lo- I like Zorn, obviously. I grew up with Zorn uh, going to the, my very first games as a Seahawk fan while he was uh, the quarterback. Um, but there was just something about bone, you know, uh, what what was his, his name? Bone something. I don't remember. Bone dog or anyway, he was, he was just a, a little scrappy fighter quarterback that nobody had ever heard of and um, came in and, and made the Seahawks competitive uh, with, with Chuck Knox. And then, of course Matt Hasselbeck you know he, he, i just, there was just something about matt i just loved his scrappiness and his attitude and um, he wasn't the greatest skills quarterback in the world but while he was playing he was a top 10 quarterback for a, a run there especially our super bowl year where we where yeah, we scored year, lots and lots and lots of points in fact we just broke the, the record for points from that team
1: um say so that year and the year after, and probably the couple years after, until he had that back injury, he was probably a top five quarterback. I mean, he had three good three years in there where he was just Yeah. Pro Pro Bowl quarterback. High, yeah. At a, at a at an incredibly high level. Um, struggled, you know, obviously he was a backup at the beginning of his career, then kind of struggled making that transition. Which is why we had the whole uh Trent Delfer thing happen here. Um, but once he got in and, and things clicked for him, he had like three really good years as a starter. Then he hurt his back and things fell that fell apart for him.
0: You know, what so. we're going to need to do, Keith, at some point, we're going to have to have a, a a history lesson podcast where we just go through all the all the stuff and and mm-hmm. just reminisce about all the all the fun stuff. Okay. I'll
1: sit here and talk about how how fun it was to watch Jacob Green Mall people. Yeah. Uh. Yeah,
0: when the games were broadcast in black and white, you know. No, I'm kidding. No. Um the team set the franchise right? record for <laughs> points scored in a season with 459. I mentioned the team that they just broke it with uh, the 2005 Seahawks team where uh, I think uh, it was Sean Alexander had 20 some odd touchdowns, right? And, had, and won the 20, MVP.
1: 29 overall was, was the NFL MVP. Yeah.
0: Wow. Crazy.
1: And then it got broken the very next year. Who? LaDainian Thomas. That's
0: right. That's exactly right. All right. Uh, Seahawks won at least 12 games for the fifth time in team history, 13 in 2005 and 2013, 12 in 84, 14, and again uh, this year in 2020. The last three went to the Super Bowl. So, you know, we're in good company. We've got a, we've got a chance. We've given ourselves a chance.
1: Uh, <clears throat> so it's the, it's the fifth time in team history. Four of those have come in the Pete Carroll era, in the Russell Wilson era.
0: Yeah. I know it's the golden age. It really is. I I hear people complaining all the time and I'm just like, Oh man, yeah, guys save your, save your complaining for after Pete leaves. Um, no Seahawk opponent has scored more than 23 points in the last eight games, six straight with 17 points or less. Uh, the Seahawks started the season going six and one. They finished the season going six and one lost some games in between. It's, it's kind of a nutty, nutty deal. um,
1: That And that stretch in the middle, though, where they lost those games in the middle, those were kind of awful.
0: Yeah, they were <laughs> awful. It was kind of weird. Um, Seahawks defense allowed 30.3 points per game in the first eight games and allowed 16 in the last eight games. Just an amazing turnaround. Um, You know, we're going to talk about the offense and, and kind of the struggles, but the offense to me is getting, you know, is getting a little better in certain areas. Red zone offense, games one through eight, we were 86.2, which was crazy. Uh, games nine through 12, we were 42. Those are the games that were really just stinkers. Mm-hmm. And then the games uh, 13 through 16, 73% red zone conversion. The problem was we weren't getting to the red zone very often. When we were getting to the red zone, we, we could score. Um, but each opposing defense ranked in the top 10 in red zone uh, defense in those last four games. So, um, in the, in the last eight games, the Seahawks defense or the offense faced um, the defense is ranked in DVOA: Los Angeles Rams one, Arizona six, Philly fifteen, New York Giants thirteen, Jets seventeen, Washington three, Rams again number one, San Francisco four. So, you know, as we talk about, we talk about the forty nine er game briefly, and we talk There's about no bad
1: uh, defense in that stretch.
0: Yeah, no, no, just. The the, the 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 most Jets mediocre ones the with one. was the Jets and, you know, but everything but else 17. was just that's really middle, competitive.
1: That's middle of the road. That's right, right there. Right. Uh, as an average team, it's not a bad defense, it's yep. an average defense. And
0: overall our strength of schedule, we were number seven in the NFL. So, you know, when you take a look at the offensive struggles, you got to put that in the context of facing those really uh, top defenses. We're going to do it again this week with the Rams. Number one overall offense mm-hmm. DVOA. Um, the the Seattle finished sixth in offensive D, DVOA, eighth in points scored, sixteenth defensive DVOA, fifteenth in points scored, which is an amazing turnaround. I'm just telling you. Uh, they were thirty
1: second. They were thirty second, games.
0: third in special teams while playing the seventh strongest schedule. So they
1: were they were thirty second yeah. in the league after five games. I have a I have a turnaround 16.
0: stat somewhere in here. Where, where is it? I'm trying That's to. That's
1: so crazy.
0: To look here. Since November 19th, Seattle's allowed the fewest points in the NFL in the uh, defensive rankings, Seattle defensive rankings in the last eight games, which will really kind of give us an idea of how we're playing. Mm-hmm. Points allowed, rank number one. Yards allowed, number four. Yards per play, number three. Passer rating, number seven. Pass touchdowns, number one. Sacks, number two. Rushing yards, number five. Overall, DVOA. Number one defense in the NFL in the last eight weeks. Surpassing the Rams. Rams are number two. That's crazy.
1: So over the last eight games, they were the best. Yes. They finished overall at 16th, right in the middle of the league.
0: Yeah, after being starting at 32
1: which will tell you how bad they were exactly, because <laughs> they were, they were essentially 32nd for the first half of the season and first in the second half of the season. And it averaged out to be 16 yes, right in the middle. That's exactly um, right. That is insane. That is that's amazing. T- <laughs> that's amazing. I've
0: never seen a team turn around like that, you know, you know, and it's interesting Keith, because after our fast start, and then we started to sputter and our defense was always playing bad. And it was one of those deals where we knew, going into the playoffs or having a team that was even going to be competitive, all even just to get to the playoffs, we were going to have to turn this thing around and Pete came out and said, Hey, trust me, this thing's okay. We're keep, we're going to keep it going. We're, we're working on it. We're, it's going to happen. You know, players are coming back, et cetera. And sure enough, it, it did. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I think we're going to have a dedicated, um, show this off season, uh, about, uh, about the coaches. Um, and 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 how they did how they performed what what they did how they turned it around or made it worse or whatever Um, but you do have to give credit to Pete Carroll and Ken Norton for turning that defense around and and of course the players uh, Carlos Dunlap that trade and then uh, Jamal Adams coming in healthy um, with with JD Reed was was a was a major factor.
1: Mm-hmm. There, there's a lot of things that happen at once.
0: Yeah, um, the Mayo I got healthy and then played less,
1: and played less, which so was that a good be thing, more effective. right? Um, but getting Dunlap, they got Dunlap, um, and in the, on the back end, you got they they basically discovered Reed because he kept he kept um, improving and playing above expectations to the point where they had to keep starting him. Um, Shaq came back came back, Adams came back, Brooks came back. Um, that's a lot of yeah, talent. Yeah, Brooks, dude. <laughs> he had a monster game in this game. Well, um, he had a
0: great game, but man, did, has he come on as a rookie in the last
1: yeah. five five or six weeks? So you you look at all of that, I mean, that's a lot of talent to infuse into a defense all at once mid-season. Uh, and that's what they did. I mean, they, all I those players that, you know, kind of came back at the same time.
0: All of that, I think, is predicated on one master move and that's having Carlos Dunlap in there so that they could play rush four base defense and allow yeah. Adams to play more freely and allow the defense just to kind of play without thinking too much mm-hmm. and so every everything kind of tightened up a little bit which was awesome so let's talk about this 49er game just briefly a little bit just to talk about trends And where you're comfortable with what you thought coming out of this game, how you felt overall. Um, 49ers were top, you know, the 10th top five defense, pass defense Russell Wilson's faced since since 2018. And he's eight and two in those games, 16 touchdowns, five interceptions. But the drives, the offensive drives in this game were punt, punt, field goal, field goal, punt, end of the half, punt, punt, touchdown, 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 touchdown. And they went for a stretch of twenty seven minutes without a first down from the second mm-hmm. quarter into the into the beginning of the fourth quarter. Um,
1: well, and even in even before that, those two field goals weren't drives that were sustained and anything. They were two explosive plays, uh, one to Lockett and one to Carson. Uh, and then but the offense did nothing other than those two plays. Those two plays just happened to get them in a field goal range. Um, Both times. So the offense didn't have a sustained drive. They didn't string together consecutive plays that were well executed until the fourth quarter. So does that fourth
0: fourth quarter explosion uh, make you feel any better at all coming out of this game?
1: Uh, Yes and no. I mean, it's okay.
0: Did the Rams just kind of give up a little bit? And, and allow Seattle no. to kind of move the ball or did Seattle just take control?
1: Seattle just kind of took control. Um, Wilson made some plays that he hadn't been making. Uh, the play calling also changed a little bit. It became a much less vanilla and they more. got
0: Russell Wilson out of the pocket.
1: Exactly. They, they started moving Russ around. They started giving him some more options. They started um, doing some things that were going to make it easier um, instead of just dropping back and, Standing there, and they, they stopped to do the, a lot of those. There were a lot of first down runs in, in this game that went for like two yards, and that's where they're sitting at second and eight rather than well, they,
0: but they exploded in the fourth quarter running the ball. I mean, they had 14 rushes in the fourth quarter, 91 yards. Some of that was Russell Wilson. Um, he passed for 80 yards, um, and and some touchdowns there, but he also had 28 yards, I think, rushing to contribute to that. But, um, but the other,
1: but the other part of it though is. The reason, Part of the reason the rushing attack exploded in the fourth quarter was because the 49ers were suddenly scared that that uh, Russ was going to beat him. Uh, and, and they started having a spy on him because of that, that big run. And then after that, they had a spy on him. And, and it was like the very next play, you know, it was a handoff, and Russ makes that couple steps to the outside. And the linebacker followed him and left uh Carson for a big run going the other direction. Um these things matter. You know, you complete a couple of passes and the linebackers take a step back. Uh a lot of the offensive explosion even though it came in the running game happened because of the passing game. They are or, or because of Wilson. Yeah. The, the passing game and then his Well, running. and
0: I got to tell you those two touchdown passes in the fourth quarter there to lock it were amazing. Like the the scramble up the middle where Carson picked up um their their premier linebacker, lost his name in my head really uh quickly here um picked him up on a on a on a rush wilson's kind of moved up into the pocket and and scrambled right threw it across his body to um to lock it for the first score there um and Lockett made a tremendous play on the ball to 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 secure that ball before he uh rolled over on the ground and then the touch pass into the back corner of the end zone i thought was his best pass of the entire day um for lockett's one hundred. Uh, catch on the season and tenth touchdown.
1: Yeah, that pass was beautiful. Um, especially yeah, again, he was rolling. That rolling one, right, that going one back left, and it was just perfect. Yeah, that one
0: left me with some hope actually. Mm-hmm. That maybe Russell Wilson isn't completely off target right now. He's been going through some stuff. Things he's been missing uh, on some throws. He hasn't been seeing uh, some different things. But that one throw right there to me told me that there's some hope there for some explosive plays in the, in the playoffs um, to come just because I, I thought that was just such a wonderful touch throw that was perfectly executed um, and, and a great route run by Lockett. So um, let's talk about a, a few other folks. Let's uh, Mayo had a great game. I think a couple sacks in this game, forced fumble. Uh, Green had a four uh, fumble recovery on that. Uh, it was kind of a, uh, a, kind of a touchdown uh, saving kind of a deal. Russ scrambles sideways that dart to lock it. I mentioned that. Um, KJ on that mammoth hit on the fullback. KJ came out today and said, man, I love that play. That was that was something that I'd been looking forward to for a very long time because he hated that fullback guy for cutting him, cut blocking him several times um, in their in their scheme. And that, that, that was a nice payback hit there for KJ. Oh, it
1: was KJ... Uh,
0: Leveled him and stood over him. I just loved that. He he
1: he played really well in this one. Oh, he blew when, up a screen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what he does. I know. He is he's the screen whisperer. He um, has like nine and,
0: or eleven tackles for loss, and I kid you not, they're all on blowing up screen passes.
1: No, oh, probably. <laughs> um, but yeah, his ability to to recognize where it's a screen, get out there, get through the blocking, and make a play the moment the guy catches it is just unreal. And he had a he had a he had a good game. Yeah. But you're right that that hit on on Kyle Usechek Jusz, was yes that's that's um, that was that was fun. Yeah. That was <laughs> fun. That was, was, that fun. was, that old was
0: clean st- old school fun. Yeah.
1: It was old school football, yep. but it was also clean. It wasn't dirty. In any exactly. Day. It and, was perfect. And, really. I
0: mean, and yep. Diggs did the same thing. Diggs had a nice hit. Uh, mm-hmm. Green had a had a sack in this game. Uh, Alex Collins, I thought, had like what like two or three touches and he had an impact uh, like he was just a different runner um than than Penny was Penny's just kind of been tentative a little bit they've been running him up the middle just to kind of get him some touches and get him used to getting contact again in an NFL game mm-hmm. but Alex Con- Collins was ready to contribute um that's the difference right now between Penny and Collins Collins to me should be elevated I think a little bit now I know Hyde's there and Hyde's going to get some touches and so forth but I think Collins should be getting some some of those third running back touches, especially closer to the goal line. The guy's got some um, some moves, some motivation, some strength to kind of go through guys.
1: And he yeah, showed that they, on
0: that touchdown.
1: They want to they make sure that Penny gets them, especially out in the middle of the field. Maybe not down near the goal line. Because unlike all the other backs on the roster, he's the guy with the breakaway speed. He's the guy that if you get him past the linebackers,
0: then why, why not design some of that? Why not get him some, some screen passes? You know, he hasn't had any, didn't have any receptions this year. He's only played what, two, three games, but no chances to catch the ball in the open field. Um, you would think that the offense would design some things to allow him to get into some open space.
1: Yeah. Um, agreed. But, Oh, we'll talk about it during the coach's show.
0: Maybe you and I should be running the offense. All right. Um, let's see. Uh, second straight week, though, they've only scored six points in the first half. We've got to solve that mm-hmm. problem going forward. Let's talk about this Rams game a little bit. We've got you know, another half hour uh, or so in the show. Um, the overarching question, Keith, is are the Seahawks a Super Bowl-level team? You know, That's the only reason why we're here in this, in the playoffs, we won 12 games. I think the expectation, at least for me, just as a fan, is NFC championship game or bust. Um, I'd love for them to get to the Super Bowl, but let, I got to be honest, as just a, a, a without any bias, uh, the Super Bowl is hard to get to. It just is. And it's going to go through Green Bay this year. Um, and uh, it's a crapshoot. You know, when you get to that point, uh, it's anybody's guess as to kind of what, what kind of a team shows up and stuff. But I would like to see the team get to that NFC championship game. I think that would be anything less for a 12-4 and 4 team with Russell Wilson as quarterback and the way the defense is playing would be a disappointment to me. Keith, what do you think?
1: I would. I, I think, yeah, an NFC championship game. If they don't make it to the Super Bowl but they make it to the NFC championship game, I can come away with this being okay because – all the struggles that they had, all the injuries that they had. Um, And yeah, I mean, the wheels kind of came off the offense a little bit, but they've managed to hold it together. They've managed to continue to play well. And uh, I I would be okay with that. I am not a Super Bowl or bust kind of guy. I think that kind of sets everyone up for disappointment. And I think think if the offense was
0: clicking as well as it did in the first uh, six, seven games and the defense was playing as it is now, I would say that the, it would be Super Bowl or bust.
1: Oh, if the offense was playing like it was the first uh, you know, five or six games and the defense is playing the way it is now, this would be a, um, a dominant team ready to roll through the playoffs. Yes. But they're not. The defense is playing well, but the offense isn't. The offense has struggled. And um, I have some theories as to why, but uh, you know what? We'll see. Um, it's just a... It's, you know, it's a struggle, and we'll see how they do, if they can get things turned around. Uh, so one of the big things in this game is they're going to have their starting offensive line. I together.
0: totally agree. I was going to absolutely L- mention that.
1: Lupati and Shell are both uh, supposed to play. It will be the sixth time this year that uh, they've had their, their starting offensive line together. God, if
0: they can just buy a half a second
1: in those point
0: five second for Russell Wilson to get in the, the deep looks.
1: games in the five games they've had the starting offensive line they're five and out and they've scored uh 31 points in all or, or more in all of them wow that's huge Brandon so Shell's
0: the secret weapon
1: he, he <laughs> he's the secret well, sauce I mean he kind of is uh he's he was he's that been out what four games
0: he's been out four or five games and the Seahawks have struggled in every one of those. Yeah, we've, it, won, it we've won been. some of those, but the Seahawks' offense All in general of has struggled.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, but the, off, the offense in general hasn't played well. And and, we've
0: had, and the explosive plays are gone. I mean, that's the big thing, Keith, is the explosive play opportunities that the Seahawks have had. They've only had five in the last two weeks. Um, well, and, 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 and that's one of the of keys to the game, I think.
1: Well, it is and it shouldn't be because part of the reason why the explosive plays are gone is because the offensive line hasn't been holding up as well. And so Russ is getting, you know, he's running more, he's getting hit more. Um, and that's never good. But there are times that Russ does have time and no one's getting open because everybody is running 40 yards downfield. You can't have that. There, are Yeah, but are you do have
0: Disley and Olsen and Carson. Carson out of the you, backfield is a great weapon.
1: You have them, but they're not using them. They're not calling plays for them.
0: Even if plays aren't called, if those looks in deep are covered and, and Russell's got an internal clock going in his head, he needs to be able to have dump-offs. The, the offense needs, needs to be... He needs to be given he, he dump-offs. Exactly. To be given dump offs. He, exactly. He needs, we need to have an exit strategy for Russell Wilson in, in, in the playoffs. He needs to be given
1: that option, but what they're doing is they're keeping uh, Carson and uh, Disley in the block. So there's nobody going out to give him an outlet. Well, you know His what an, another secret weapon is?
0: Soopers. Russell Wilson himself.
1: Yeah, he's got to run. Wilson, gotta, Wilson's he, second he on the team running.
0: in rushing at 513 yards. Chris when Carson he, has when, 681.
1: When he starts running, when he... he this he is the time of lot. the year. But, you know, when he um, runs a little bit, it spark plugs the, uh, the offense. It totally does, it
0: Keith. And I think you got to you got to think that that's probably the way that they're thinking uh to be able to to open up the offense just a little bit and allow Russell Wilson the freedom to take off a little bit more um well, and he and has Russell Wilson to, he just doesn't do it True but I think Russell Wilson in the playoffs is a different player. I think he's got that kind of hunting mentality a little bit more and I he hasn't I him. I just want to see that because I do think that if he get give you 50 yards, 60 yards in a game, scramble, pick up a big chunk play when you really need it um, that's what we need to, to have the offense flow I think because it does seem like we've been limited um, our, our explosive plays have gone away DK Midcalf's biggest reception in five games is 21 yards mm-hmm. and that's not going to work well, in the playoffs I
1: mean, well I think we, we can kind of sum up a lot of, of what I saw um, from the offense recently, there was a play in this last game. Uh, the Seahawks were uh, third and I don't remember like third and six, and San Francisco came up with everybody to that were like they were going to blitz, and Russ called um, Disley, who was out in the slot in to block. So he motions in, lines out to block, and even with him there. There were well, Abuhej
0: was whiffed on everybody on that play. I know exactly uh, what you're talking about.
1: There, but even with him in there, there were more rushers than blockers. And well, and, you know, and hey bo-
0: tried to block outside and then turned inside, and the guy inside was already by him. It was just it was a it was a cluster.
1: It was, but what I'm saying is, um, so they brought him in to block and still had Wilson drop back and try to throw the ball long because when they went to max protect there. So one, why isn't
0: they, Wilson audibling to a quick slant to Somebody
1: That's what he that's what it what, what they should have audibled to because when you had everybody up at the line of scrimmage there's nobody in the middle of the field. Exactly.
0: Your linebackers so, are coming up. Just dump that thing off in the middle.
1: Yeah, you've got um Why are we you know, seeing this and the team
0: is not? Uh, that's I that's the overarching question, Keith, because this isn't just a one-off, you know. This is a no.
1: It's been like this for for weeks. Right? They want to. They want to continue to continue to take those shots. They want there and they when they when he called in, um, Disley to come in and block for him. I believe the idea was we call it, you know and it's it's the game plan, right? You see this, you call in the extra blocker, and you run the play, and just know that that he's no longer out in the route. Um, and that's what he did. But in that situation, I think you're better off to leave him out there where one of those two guys is going to be uncovered. It's yeah. not going to be Metcalf. Right. Um, right. So you have, you know, Metcalf uh, run wide and you, you slant uh, Disley in for an easy eight yard gain and you take it. You don't give them the opportunity, you force them to back out of it. Instead, Seattle's idea was well, we'll just bring someone into block. Uh, someone else, uh, extra in the block and we're still going to take that deep shot and I, I think that's the wrong approach so
0: how, how big do you believe that are two or three tight ends actually I was going to say Disley and, and Olson, but you got to add Hollister into that so Disley Hollister Olsen Carson what role are these folks going to play in the passing game in this game what would you like to see
1: we haven't seen Carson play a major role in the passing game since he returned from his injury. I mean, yes, he had the big catch uh, in this one that set up uh, one of the field goals in the first half, but that was a Wilson running around. Oh, there he is, and throw it to there wasn't. It wasn't designed. It wasn't. It just happened to be there, and we haven't seen him have a major role. And I think that's one of the things that's really missed that they had working for them early in the season that they haven't recently is getting Carson out into routes, able to, you know, uh, give R- Wilson an outlet or, you know, stretch the team vertically. Yeah. Not vertically. You know who does a hor- really good job stretch at this? The team Horizontally. So that way there's more room in the middle.
0: Who does a really good job at this is the Los Angeles Rams. They've got a, they've got a couple of quarterbacks that can't play very well. And so Cam Akers gets involved. Um and mm-hmm. against Arizona, he had twenty-one carries for thirty-four yards, which is pathetic. Cause Arizona was doing everything it could to stuff that run and make their their offense a one-dimensional offense with their new quarterback, John Wolford, and we'll talk about that. But he had four receptions for fifty-two yards. And if we can get Carson four receptions for fifty-two yards, that could be a difference maker in this type of a if game. If Carson
1: has four receptions for 52 yards, the Seahawks win this run or no
0: I think so. I mean, it seems so simple and not very much, but those 52 yards are first down, third down conversion type plays. And
1: mm-hmm. that's huge. Because that's at least three more third down conversions for your team. Yeah. Uh, and, and that is, I mean, that's, that's a game changer. It really is just straight up it's a game changer. So
0: let's talk about, um, I think some some keys to the game. You can add yours or refute or whatever you want to do. I, I mentioned explosive plays earlier. I think that that's one of the keys to the game for the Seahawks. Um, in addition to taking your shots, you've got to work Lockett and Dizly underneath um, with with the calf kind of taking it. You know, uh, a free safety and a corner out long. That's fine as long as you're working underneath, and that's, that's the plan. We may have to dink and duck our way through this game. You know, the Rams are a number one ranked offense. They're going to, and they're designed. Um, coordinator Brandon Staley said, quote unquote, it takes a lot of four and five yard runs to add up to a 50 yard pass. If you mm-hmm. truly believe that explosive plays are how you lose in the NFL, when you construct your defense, you need to start there. Well, and, and that's, that's what the Rams Carroll. do.
1: That's Pete Carroll.
0: No, Pete Carroll starts with taking the run away.
1: Well, the Rams start really. with taking the pass away. The the Seahawks also, I mean, their their scheme is designed to with it's cover three. It's three people back. It's let them complete it underneath, come up and make the tackle.
0: But often, um, yeah. But it's cover, yeah. But the Rams play cover two and cover three as well. I mean, they've they've got five players in coverage consistently, like almost hundred mm-hmm. percent of their, um, of their. Defensive backs play on the field, uh, five, five, a hundred percent of the time. And then they've got a, uh, a, a free safety, Nick Scott that comes in 34% of the time. So they're running six defensive backs at least 34% of the time.
1: Yeah. They're, they're playing a lot of pass defense and they, and I mean, that's the way the roster set up and it's pretty smart in today's NFL too. Especially if you have Aaron do
0: Donald to be able to man the middle, you don't have to have five guys. On on your defensive line, so you can yep. drop an extra guy in coverage. You take a linebacker out, and boom. It's tough. It's tough to throw on the Rams. It just is. Mm-hmm. Seahawks so gonna have to figure out a way to do that. So explosive plays. That's what I was thinking. Um, Seattle has five explosive plays in the last two weeks. Um,
1: that's not enough.
0: And we we only scored twenty points in the last game. Now, cool. here's the situation though. The Rams offense is horrible. The Rams offense with Jared Goff was ranked 27th in points, uh, excuse me, 22nd in points scored on the year. And now they've got a new quarterback that's probably going to play in this game. John, uh, Wolford out of wake forest. Second year he played in the XFL for a, a minute, had actually some pretty decent stats there. LA picked him up after that league folded. Um, I thought, you know, when we were in the draft, he was one of those quarterbacks that I looked at as a guy that could be kind of a Russell Wilson light type of quarterback that you could pick up in the late rounds to develop. Um, in the Arizona game, he was 22 of 38, 231 yards with an interception, but he also had six carries for 56 yards.
1: Yeah, that's, see, that's what's... He's a dimension with,
0: with... that Goff does not have.
1: True, but the other dimension that he has that Goff doesn't have is his inability to throw the ball well. Mm, I mean I don't know,
0: dude. I I I think you're wrong there. I think that he's he's, when you
1: look at that game he doesn't have a great
0: completion percentage, but he can throw the ball.
1: I was watching that game and a lot of those completions were um, you know, three yard dump offs or bubble screens. I agree. Um and they weren't they weren't Drop back, read the field, make a make a throw in the intermediate range. There's a lot of yards. Well, Tyler Higbee
0: and Everett, their tight ends, played a big role in that. I already mentioned Cam Akers catching the ball out of the backfield. But Van Jefferson, Robert Woods, Josh Reynolds, they only had like four, three, four receptions apiece in, in this game. So you're right. A lot of dump-offs, a lot of
1: short. A dump. lot of dump-offs and a lot of yards after the catch. Um, the, those passing stats are misleading because they are they're not this. they one they're not that good and two uh they're inflated but he is a good runner he if it,
0: they controlled the clock for 37 minutes in this game if
1: you don't if you don't get when you have a chance to sack him if you don't he can you know pull the ball down and pick up yards on you and the team's got to you know make sure that they 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 account for that cuz he's going to get them some first downs that are just going to frustrate the heck out of everybody. Well, that brings up the, the ability to run. That
0: brings up for me the second key to the game, which is the defense. Um, and I just put it in broad terms like that because the defense has been playing lights out uh, in the last eight games. And it's, it's, you you kind of want to defend your emotions a little bit and say that there's a chance that the CX could revert um, to their old ways um but but they've really proven it over and over again. Now it hasn't been against world-beating uh quarterbacks by any stretch all, of the imagination. Yeah,
1: but they're not playing against a world-beating quarterback.
0: Not in this game, but they will be this is, eventually.
1: This is the this is the guy this is this this is the same team that 2 weeks ago um only put up 9 points. Yeah. Against Yeah. Well, what's your what's and your key to this game with the
0: defense? Do the same game plan? Just literally the same game plan.
1: Yeah. I mean you the the same for me my game plan is going to be just don't let him beat you with your with his legs because you know it's the Rams so they're going to be rolling out they're going to be bootlegging they're going to be doing everything they can to get the quarterback in motion and he's not going to beat you with his arm he's going to beat you with his legs if he's going to going to beat you at all and so just don't fall for all this, all the stupidity keep him from running on you keep someone in front of him and make him throw the ball because he'll turn it over
0: So the other key I thought would be our run game. Uh, Chris Carson, Hyde, Penny Collins. That's a great group, I, and they're all healthy. Uh, to, to me, I think that the entire season was actually set up to get all these guys healthy at the same time at the end of the year. I Honestly, I, I just totally believe that, and they are, which gives us an amazing um, diverse offense opportunities. We, we can take what the defense gives you, and do it well, and still score points, and be productive, and control the 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 time of possession, and all that kind of stuff. Um, and you mentioned um, Brown, Ipparty, posic, Lewis, Shell, being five and zero, um, and they're With back,
1: and thirty one points minimum in yeah, all their starts. And,
0: and they're back, and and all the running backs are healthy, and Russell Wilson. I think having just a little bit more time, a little bit more confidence in the line holding up for him is is a difference maker in this game. And I think the offense kind of has an opportunity to get right in this game, even though the Rams are ranked number one. It could be a schlag in the first half, but I do think things open up in the second half. And then the defense against the offense of the Rams, to me, is just no contest. I think that the defense wins that going away no problem it's the offense can we outscore the Rams offense against our defense and the answer is absolutely
1: Mm -hmm. Um, and I look at this game and the way I see it is the the, um, San Francisco game the way that it played out where it was such a mess for three quarters and then the offense like got it together and clicked it may have been the best thing for Seattle for it to play out that way because, what I saw again, you know, the last few weeks before that breakout in the fourth quarter, is just a lot of indecision and um, thinking by Russell Wilson instead of playing. He's holding on to the ball a little bit. He's just not comfortable and confident. Is that like coached that way early in the season? I I think it's it's some of it. Is that he he had this great start to the year and then he started turning the ball over, and I think. I think the coaches um, basically were like, you know, don't take as many risks. You know, take the sack, um, throw it away, and just.
0: What's what's the uh, the stat on the on the turnovers and and wins? I think the, the in games that we've turned the ball over uh, two or more times, we're zero and four. In games that we've turned the ball over one or less, we're twelve and zero. Mm-hmm. That that is and, going to give the coach a lot of ammunition to. Yeah constrain the offense a and, little bit and,
1: and and i think that's what we're seeing is it with the offense struggling is a constrained russell wilson who sees things but maybe doesn't take it because he doesn't want to turn the ball over and what we're frustrated with his fans is that the first five games <laughs> of the year when they were that does have a tendency out, to ruin you um they he that ball would already be out of his hands and it was a big play and we were, you know, cheering. Um but then he had those games where he turned the ball over and the team lost. And now the coaches are like, you know what? If it's not a hundred percent there, just live for another play tomorrow. Or you know, next down. And um, you know, we'll come back and do it again. If it's the end of the drive, it's the end of the drive. We punt, we got a good defense, we'll get the ball back again and we'll try again. And um but it's better than a turnover. And they are it, it, and it's, that's part of what's caused this, is that part of it's coached, and I think part of it is just he, him not quite trusting everything because of those turnovers, because of those uh, interceptions that came in bunches in the middle of the year. Um, he's just not taking the risks. He's not taking the chances. He, so if, think, if,
0: that, if that remains t- true in this game, which is, it can happen totally, uh, which of the following players could have the biggest impact, Keith? Carson, Medcalf, Lockett, Moore, Hollister, Disley, Olsen, or Swain. Like, like all those players are players, are are our feature players that have an opportunity to score, have opportunity to to make big plays. Which players have the opportunity in this game to stand out against a really stout Los Angeles Rams defense?
1: I want to say, um, disley and Lockett, because the rams are going to key on dk metcalf they're going to put ramsey on them and a safety uh
0: you know uh, just a quick point too the rams don't play a strong safety a true strong safety no they don't they play t- two or three free safeties that, that that right to me that right there could be a line of scrimmage when type scenario for the Seahawks mm-hmm. both in the run game and in the short passing game where you can get behind the linebackers a little bit because they've taken one off the field and they've replaced it with a free safety.
1: Yeah. And, and, uh, that's why I said those two, they're, they're going to be keen on, on, on Metcalf. Um, Lockett's got to take advantage. He's playing against the weaker, uh, corner. He's not going to have as much safety help on him. And if they do roll, well, you know, so they have both their safeties helping on the two big wide receivers, Disley better make a huge impact in the middle. And I know they're going to be calling on him to do some. Blocking, yeah, I think Hollister um, too. To Hollister
0: help, uh, last year had fifty catches, fifty receptions for you know six or seven touchdowns. He's had a diminished role this year, but he's still the same guy. He could make yeah. an impact for you as well.
1: He could. I I just in in I I think he's gonna. If Olsen plays, I think Olsen's going to eat away at his stats. So check yards, out so check out these
0: stats. Hollister, 25 receptions, 209 yards. Disley, 24 receptions, 251. Olsen, 24 receptions, 239. They're literally all the same players. Hollister had three touchdowns. Disley, two. Olsen, one. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. that I thought that we would utilize our tight ends more this year.
1: I did too. And early on, I think that was the plan and you could see it in the, in the game plans the first few weeks. But then, uh, now Disley or the last few weeks, Disley's been mostly a right tackle and that's really hurt. Uh,
0: Brandon Schell that coming back is
1: huge. That, that sh- and that should help. It should, it should, because even though they're still going to keep Disley into block a lot, it, it's, it's what? 10 more plays that he's out in, in, in a... God, just opens up everything. In a game. It really it does. It really does help. Yeah. Having that extra player in the middle of the field because if they if they drop everyone and, and go cover the receivers, he's open and it's an easy... It'll um, be one last
0: wide out with a double coverage. Yeah. So either so Lockett or Medcalf, you know, or Swain is going to have an mm-hmm. opportunity or, or David Moore. David Moore could have a big game.
1: I would actually, I I wouldn't be surprised to see Swain have his best game of the year, which I know that's not that much because he doesn't have that many receptions. But for him to come out and have four or five receptions for you know fifty five yards, no, that would be that would be big. Because they just aren't using the middle of the field right now. They haven't been, and gotta find
0: one player that can take some just, of the load off of Metcalf and lock it.
1: Yeah, he, and he's a slot guy. And, you know, th- with the Rams, they're they, you need to be able to take advantage of the middle of the field um, and get some plays there. And if it's not going to be Dizly because he's in blocking, then it should be a guy like Swain.
0: So let's turn our attention to the defense a little bit against the Rams' offense. Uh, Wagner had a, a great year again. 138 tackles, 10 tackles uh, for loss, three sacks, 11 quarterback hits. Adams. Let's talk about the injury situation. Uh, Adams and Reed and the impact that they've had this year. So Adams, 83 tackles, 11 tackles for loss, nine and a half sacks, 14 quarterback hits. Huge. Reed, 38 tackles, five tackles for loss, 14 quarterback hits. Reed seemingly right now is the less likely of those two players to, to suit up next, mm-hmm. this next Saturday.
1: What kind yeah, of an impact is much... that going to have? Well, it looks very much like um, Jamal Adams is going to play. He actually hurt the, the shoulder a few weeks ago and has been playing through it. It's a different um, shoulder. I th- it's the same shoulder, but different injury.
0: Uh, it's a different shoulder, different injury. So he hurt the right shoulder okay. prior, and uh, this okay. is the left shoulder.
1: Okay. I thought it was the same shoulder, but different injury. But he's been kind of playing hurt.
0: True. Okay. And two broken fingers.
1: Um, Yeah, there's that too. Um <laughs> Which explains him dropping those interceptions a couple of weeks I ago. I love a I mean, player that, that plays
0: through that kind of stuff. I used to play through stuff when I was, and it just takes a certain uh, mentality as a player. There are certain players that can't do it, that just don't have the mental fortitude to play through injury. And to have, have a guy like Adams as good as he is to play through stuff is, is awesome.
1: And, and he says he's going to play. Pete Carroll says I oh, He's going he, you know, to play. He's going to play. He's going to play. He he he's not going to let himself be kept out. No. Um,
0: Now he may make some business decisions to make sure that he can play, you know, long range into the playoffs. But to have him out there more more or less is better.
1: If he's making business decisions, it's when the Seahawks are up and he shouldn't be out there. Let him be out there when they need him, and then pull him decrease his snap count. And um let Ryan Neal play. Ryan Neal's been pretty good this year. I agree. Um and and so do some of that. Um you know, read with that oblique uh strain, that hurts. And that makes it really hard to turn and, and and you know, twist and do take and have you know actually have your functional strength up front for a defensive tackle. I don't think he's gonna play. Um, doesn't seem like it. They're 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 basically saying like yeah well you know he's he's doing much better now he's he's feeling better but he was really hurting and and you know we'll see it uh, I don't think he's gonna play uh, and that's gonna hurt because this is a team uh, the Rams that will run the ball uh, Cam Makers is gonna get yeah twenty touches and he is you but your defensive tackles. I think
0: that we're fine you know I, we defend the run really well we're a top five run defense team in the NFL true
1: but. But you're you're not going to be a top five run defense team uh, when you've only got two defensive tackles, and so either they have well to Brian Monet is going to have camp. to
0: step up. I mean that's just the well, bottom line.
1: Yes, but he's the second defensive tackle of the two defensive tackles. Right. Well, that's but what he, I'm saying. He, when
0: he's out he, there, forty six percent of the plays or whatever it is, you know they're going to rotate some some uh, five tech guys on the inside on passing downs, but he's got to be able to step up and defend the run. True,
1: but what what I'm saying is you what you're asking him, him to fill in into Reed's role and you're asking, well, Eugene I don't think Collier you're going to seem green to fill into his. Yes. correct. Right. right. You're, they've only got two defensive. Right. I
0: think the, the it, in it moves against
1: a team that runs it, the ball. It does time.
0: move down the line. Like you affect two or three players with Reed being out. Like, mm-hmm. like Reed's going to go out. Puna's going to have to step up. And he has Puna Ford, 40 tackles, eight tackles for loss, nine quarterback hits. What? Like who saw that coming? Um, yeah. So uh, having him there is great. Monet uh, there can help take the, the hit off of uh, of Ford a little bit. Having Snacks Harrison shipped out and, and being picked yeah. up by the Green Bay Packers is inexcusable uh, yeah. this late in the season. Um, <laughs> anything can happen in the NFL, and you've got to protect it. You've got to hedge against injuries and one injury on that defensive tackle front, and we're in the situation that we're in. And I just don't yeah. understand so- it.
1: And it all happened because two weeks ago, they decided that with Monet coming back that they were going to have Snacks Harrison be a healthy scratch and not play. And I'm like, really? You can't have this former all-pro. You can't keep him happy. Just take
0: Freddie Swain out for a game. You know? I mean, whatever. I mean, whoever. Like, Ben Burkirvan. Like, come on. I I know that those guys are important to your special teams, but Snack Harrison's is important to your season, you know. Yeah. So anyway, and let's just whatever. There's got
1: to be there, there had to have been a way to do it. It was it was not handled well by Seattle. So what what I was going to um, say though
0: is that you know Reed's out of there, so now you're going to depend on Collier and Green to to step up and probably take at least. more snaps in that Mm -hmm. like interior rush role. Well,
1: I'll tell you that um, green had his best game of the year by far. I think um, this last week against San Francisco and looked ready for it. And Collier's, he hasn't been spectacular, but he's been good. Three sacks, seven
0: quarterback hits
1: for a run for a guy who's going to be known as a run stuffer. Um, He's a bull rush run stuffing. Uh, edge shutter. The yeah, yeah. yeah. He, And 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 for him to, you know, he he's he's made plays, and so um, there
0: might be more opportunity as well for Robinson. You know, Robinson's a, a big guy, like a what six three two seventy nine. He's a guy that could I slip in he's the in, he's a guy that could slip into the interior as well. He's not a two fifty nine guy, normal edge uh, Leo guy. They they play him at a Leo spot, but he's more of a five tech body type. And he's a guy that could probably play on the inside for you a little bit. He had four sacks, four quarterback hits this year, and limited snaps, like 20 if snaps going, a game.
1: If you're going to have um, somebody coming into the inside, I'd like to see it be Green or Collier. Oh, absolutely. And let, absolutely. And let, Robins, let Robinson line up on the outside. What,
0: what do you do with Brooks or, or Wright or Amadi or you know your, your fifth defensive back in that situation?
1: No, you continue to play When what I'm talking about in that situation is you you pull Monet and you move Collier on the inside and Robinson at, at defensive end. So you run with a um a pass rush package of um you know Robinson, Collier, uh one of the defensive tackles, probably Ford Dunlap. and then Dunlap. Yeah. Um as your front four. And then
0: you've still got yeah. Mayoa in there as well to take some snaps. Yeah.
1: And so because and, and none of those guys are going to play 100% of the snaps. They're going to play 65. And so you're, you're going to have um, Mayo, you're going to have Monet, who, uh, him and Ford. You're going to have... Um, Robinson. Yeah. I mean, you're just going to have other guys that are you're just going <coughs> to trade in and out. Um, if you have Collier in there, Green's going to come in at times. Um, and, and you just kind of ro- roll with that as your, as your, your front four. Uh, and you're just going to have to make it work. And I think this is, I mean, if you're
0: going to have Reed miss a game, I think this is probably the one. Now, I would love to have him in there because he's such a great diverse player. He plays the run and pass equally well. But, um, you know, given the opponent and the opponent offense uh, this week, um, I'd rather have Reed, you know, to to face the, the Saints. You know, to be completely honest, or, or Green Bay in the NFC Championship game, so mm-hmm. resting him, you know, is definitely the wise move. Or oh, they might not have a choice. I mean, he's he could be out longer than that. Um, he was not showing very good body language, uh, walking off the field, slumped over, protecting the area, you know, all that kind of stuff. So we'll see. All right, Keith, what are we talking about? What's your, what's your score in this game? What are you thinking? Are we moving on? Or are they going to sneak up on and bite us or what? What's, what's going on?
1: Uh, the Rams are not biting anybody with a backup quarterback. Uh, I'm surprised they beat Arizona, to be honest, and they only did because of the Kyler Murray um, injury. If Kyler Murray stays healthy and plays that entire game, Arizona wins. Uh, and Seattle's playing Arizona this week instead of... Yeah, they started a quarterback,
0: um, Chris... Streveler,
1: hmm
0: Yeah. <laughs> they had 22 minutes of possession time, Arizona did, in that game. And they had two or three turnovers. You know, I was looking, before you give me a prediction, I was looking at the turnover situation for Seattle. Uh, in the first game we faced the Rams, we had three turnovers. That was the difference. In the second game, Absolutely. we had one turnover. And we also had another, you know, we had a turnover from them as well. So that neutralized that. But that first game was a... We lost that because of turnovers.
1: Yeah, the same is true for the Arizona game, uh, right? Bef- you know, two weeks before that, and yes. um, and the the Buffalo game. Um,
0: Every game we lost, we had ter- more turnovers. Well, true, and right,
1: and, and the Giants game they had two. So, um, you know, they this team. So, lost if, so the key to
0: the game over. is not to turn the ball over.
1: Mm-hmm. Protect the ball. It's all about the ball.
0: It is all about the ball. Especially in this game, this is not the game where you go take chances.
1: Yeah, because there's no need. to. There's no need Do to. Ho- Do you honestly think the Rams, that offense, forget that they're playing, you know, Seattle defense so, and injuries or whatever? Do you honestly think that in a playoff game, that offense with that quarterback
0: ends up is being score explosive, more than
1: like 13, 13 or sixteen points? Yeah, they don't score twenty points in this game. There's no way.
0: All right, what's your score?
1: twenty three
0: thirteen Seattle I was hopeful that you'd be higher than that for Seattle's offense
1: No because of the Rams I, but, the, but the way that, that
0: we just talked about it just now i I get it. There's no reason would, to take any chances i I talked yeah. about explosive plays being one of the keys of the game, but maybe it isn't. Maybe this so the isn't way, the game that you take chances down the field and you just the run way the clock the
1: Seahawks. The only way the Seahawks run the score up on this one kind of by design because they know who they're playing is if they hit a couple explosive plays really early get up 14-0 and then start running the ball behind Carson, Hyde, and Penny mm-hmm. and those guys dominate. Well and just the Rams continue. are the
0: fifth ranked rushing defense in the NFL.
1: Yeah that's, that's why I don't see it happening. And the number
0: um, one passing defense
1: hmm That's why, like I said, I don't, I don't see it happening uh, as, as for a blowout. But the, w- the way that it happens is you get up early, and then when the Seahawks start slowing the game down and running the ball, um, you know, Carson and Penny and those guys start breaking off 25-yard runs. I do
0: think that one of the things we mentioned earlier, too, that one of the ways that you can neutralize the Rams is to add a, an additional runner, and that would be Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. Because if you start moving Russell Wilson outside the pocket to look for opportunities for shots and then allow him or, or he chooses to run uh, when he has opportunities. Uh, that's, a, that's a dimension that a defense, even as good as the Rams are, just don't have an answer for. And it, it makes things really challenging for them. And it, it, it spreads a defense out and it allows opportunities for Chris Carson to pound the ball up the middle and it allows opportunities eventually for things to open up a little bit on the, on the,
1: on the deep shots. I think Mm -hmm. that's, that's what you got to do. So, um, yeah, there's my, what's your score?
0: I think if we put it all together to be completely honest, I think we kind of hand it to these guys. Um, it's the third matchup of the season. Everyone from Seattle is kind of worried about that from a Seattle perspective but I think the Rams are worried about that from a Seattle person, you know, from, from a Rams perspective, they're worried about facing Russell Wilson three times. They're worried about having us have everybody healthy, all of our running backs um, and try to scheme this thing open a little bit. And so for me, I think we score over 30 points for the first time in weeks. And um, you know, I think it's going to be 34, to seventeen, and the only reason the Rams get seventeen is it's a, it's 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 the end of the game, and they
1: garbage score. time score. I do, yeah. Okay, one more one more question before we wrap this up. It's been a lot of debate because the season's over. Who was the NFL MVP this The year? NFL in your, MVP. The NFL MVP. Oh, in Patrick
0: Mahomes. Yeah, you could Gillespie. say Rogers. But I don't like Green Bay, so I'm giving it to Patrick Mayo, the Holmes. I just am. Yeah.
1: To me, um, Rogers is probably going to win because it's voted on by media, and the media seems to just assume that he's already won it. Um, Listen,
0: he's a, he's a great quarterback, and it, you know yeah, and, and I'm I sure: home's had a better year. Yeah.
1: Honestly, and I was thinking about it, and then I went back and then I went and looked at the stats. You know who had a uh, who else had a better? Well, game the guy from
0: the guy from the Bills, Buffalo Bills. Yeah, yeah Allen. Um, that guy, Allen. Yeah, he should totally be in the in the discussion.
1: And he won't be because if you look at the NFL MVP, nobody wins it um, the first time they they're awesome. They win it the second time they're awesome. Yeah, and that that's, and you know
0: prove it. Yeah, I get Mahomes,
1: it. Mahomes had a had a great year two years ago, but didn't win it. Or sorry, three years ago, but didn't win it. Came back the following year, put it all together. That's when he won it.
0: I actually don't care so. at all. Like this is an irrelevant question to me. I yeah. I, I, I like the debate.
1: To me, to me, it's fun. I, it's it's just, no, it's, it's fun. Topic. I it like the matter. debate,
0: but the, the 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 real question now in the playoffs is who's gonna who's gonna be a the playoff quarterback? Who's going to be the playoff MVP? Because yeah. you know. Re, The thing about the Seahawks that's very intriguing to me is they are literally built to win playoff games. Now they, they win regular season games just because they're a good team and they've got a nice formula and it all comes together for them. And they have got Russell Wilson. He wins games late for him, et cetera. But in the playoffs, they're going to be able to run the ball. Chris Carson has never had more than 17 carries in a game this year. He's fresh as fresh can be. You've got Hyde coming back. He was out in illness. That was the only reason he wouldn't have played in the last game. He's going to be as fresh as he's been all year. you got Penny that can add to that mix, maybe get you some outside stuff. We haven't seen it yet this year, but maybe they've been caging him up a little bit, just getting him touches, getting used to being hit again. And then Collins, I thought in that game showed me something, a little something. I would not be afraid to give Collins the ball. So our running game to me is the key to getting to the Super Bowl. Because who else
1: has a running who uh, Who else in the playoffs? And let's just stick to the NFC. Who else in the NFC don't, playoffs don't has a running attack like Seattle's? And I don't mean like, I mean like as good as. Like who or the
0: potential you, to have. Yeah.
1: Or yeah, who else is gonna go out and win a playoff football game um because they were able to consistently run the ball?
0: It it's it, yeah. I I agree. It's not even the, the situation. The
1: only one, the only one, would be the Saints.
0: Yeah, it's 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 who who doesn't play from behind. I think is is just as an important of, of a question because if you're going to play from behind, you're you're not going to be running the ball. Mm-hmm. If you can play with a lead and run the ball effectively, and you have a good defense, that is a formula to win in the playoffs, because. Yeah. Good defenses usually usually beat, uh, if you have a, a, an adequate offense, uh, that combination usually gets you pretty, pretty far. And Seattle mm-hmm. has that. Green Bay has that a little bit. Uh, their defense isn't as good, I don't think, as Seattle's, but their offense They're is not,
1: great. Their offense is great. Their offense is also... The, the Saints' uh,
0: offense is great. The Washington defense is, is great, but their offense is horrible.
1: Tampa Bay's they're got a decent
0: offense and a and a decent defense. They're they're
1: they don't do anything
0: marginally marginally good on both.
1: They do they do they The do Rams is amazing on defense. Great. Just a
0: great defense. I actually I fear their defense a little bit because it could get if it gets turnovers, that defense can win you games. Mm-hmm. But their offense is horrible. It used to be the, the opposite.
1: I know it wasn't that long ago. Um, and the
0: Bears, I don't it, even know about the
1: Bears. I honestly just don't. So okay, I said I, I I tweeted this um two weeks ago when, when Seahawks played the Rams, um and I expected it to be controversial and to get a lot of pushback and I was surprised that so many people agreed with me. Watching Aaron Donald, not just how dominant he is, but in the way that he is dominant, his ability to get between guards before the guards even move, his mm. ability to just uh jump, you know, he jumps, be disruptive and jumps those and, slots, it's just crazy. Uh, he's just faster yes. than any of the offensive linemen and and. Um I cannot help but see the way Cortez Kennedy used to um dominate in the middle in that very same way. Yeah. Where he was in the backfield before the quarterback uh you know hit his back foot. He was already getting he was already in the quarterback's face. And I thought it was kind of it was a I, I thought people were gonna just hate me for saying that when I watch a lot of Aaron Donald I see so much cortez kennedy in him yeah, um, it's, and it's, and everyone it's goes, an attitude too i mean he's got up, people just straight up agreed with me and i was shocked he's
0: got some physical so. attributes no doubt he's got some mm-hmm. some he's sparked up like crazy right but the thing that differentiates aaron donald from everyone else is between the ears the guy wants to win football games he wants to dominate he wants to abuse offensive linemen it's just a mentality that he has. He's one of those unique players that it doesn't matter where, what you line up around Aaron Donald. He's still going to be a dominant player. He's not dependent mm-hmm. upon other players to be dominant. He makes no, other players him dominant him. with him. Yeah. So he gives Morgan Fox on their, on their defensive line and Leonard Floyd at outside linebacker and Samson Ibukum, their, their other outside linebacker. He gives them opportunities to rush the quarterback and, and, and make plays. Not it's not the opposite, yeah. Aaron Donald's a transcendent football player and probably the one of the best pu- football players of his age.
1: Yeah. Bottom line. Yeah, So like I said, I see so much Cortez Kennedy in him, and Kennedy. How does out- Seattle neighbor,
0: neutralize him?
1: Well, the in the few games that they have neutralized him in his his career, it's been uh, Damian Lewis. Like in the first game of this, just straight up played him and you know held him in check
0: yeah having having shell next to Lewis in this game is huge because Lewis uh, can pay attention to his guy
1: yep and and I think that was kind of the shock was that Lewis came up and and, and just I agree and held his own and we were just like nobody holds their own against Aaron Donald but he did well and
0: post no slouch either I mean I know he gets mm -hmm. bold uh, a little bit because his strength isn't as 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 good but post has been playing well So I think yeah. that, that combo really gives you a shot. And then Mike Capati Mike is a, he's a great road grader type of guy. He just, he mm-hmm. just is. you know. He's, I know that you can, we discount him a little bit because of his age and he's injured and so forth. But when he's in there, he's very effective. And, and one of the highest graded offensive linemen on, on, on the year for the Seahawks.
1: Yeah, he just doesn't play much. Um, one of the things I think they may do. But he's healthy is... for this game. One of the things I think they may do is keep um, a running back next to Wilson and just tell him, watch Donald. (laughs) And if if Donald beats the guard in the center and is in the backfield, hit him. If he's not, now go out and you're out. (laughs) Um, And just try and buy Wilson that extra half a second. Uh, Because there are times when it doesn't matter who they are. You can double team him he's going to beat those two guys. He's going to split them right up in the middle because he's just too damn quick. And if you have a running back ready there to, to get in his way and give Wilson a chance to get outside, <laughs> like, and that may be the only way that you, you completely neutralize him. Well, you Russell him Wilson and Pete Carroll trust run.
0: Chris Carson. I Who know. else do they trust?
1: That's a good question.
0: Chris Carson's going to get eighty five percent of the touches, isn't he? he yeah, like uh, like he's he, no longer going to be um, uh, metered as a, yeah. as a running back in the playoffs. Yeah
1: they they've been they've been they've been keeping his his workload down, trying to keep him healthy, trying to make sure he was ready for the playoff run. Um, they they had Hyde, they had they've used Penny recently. Um, Penny had to go out with cramps, so they used Collins. Uh, they've there, had
0: Homer. They've, you know, they've had. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but ultimately,
1: when it comes down to it at the right now, because Penny hasn't played all year into the last couple of games. And even then, it's been been very limited. um I think he'd,
0: they trust Hyde. I don't know. I, he just hasn't played as much. But I think when he has played, he's picked up blitzes and and, and blocking and, and stuff. I haven't had any problems with him. I haven't had to call him out this year as far as the guy that's undependable. It's just mm-hmm. that he's not been. Available, so I mean they yeah. they probably have a one two punch in this game. They probably Maybe. they probably trust Collins. He's been around. He's been familiar with the offense. There's a, probably a certain familiarity there.
1: I don't know. There is, and I know that's why they brought him in and all of that. But he's had he's had fumble problems. He had him here. Yeah, he had yeah. two Baltimore. fumbles
0: with Seattle that kicked him out.
1: Yeah, that and sucks. A bunch, a bunch in the in a in the preseason that don't count. Um, but he did have them and then he had some in, in Baltimore. He,
0: well, he's no longer there. That's why. You're
1: right. And, um, it's also why he was available. So I don't know if they trust him in a close game. Interesting. All right. I mean, they, they didn't against San Francisco because they had to, everyone else was out.
0: There's no, you know, once, there's no, once Penny went
1: out with cramp cramps, you know, they had no one else on the bench.
0: There's no give in the playoffs, Keith.
1: They never are.
0: So let's get by whatever needs to happen. <laughs> we we win by one point. I'm happy at the end of the day. Move on. That's the bottom line with this game. Um, let's let's figure out a way to get past the Rams. Um, you know, Rams beat us once. We beat them. This is the this is the match for match point. And um, yeah, let's go get it. Let's go get it. Um, so that's it. So let's, let's wrap this up. Let's come back next week, talk about the game, look forward to the next game. Um, find Keith on Twitter at Myers NFL. I'm at NW Seahawk. The show is at Hawks Playbook on Twitter, SeahawksPlaybook.com it has all of the shows. And uh, find us on your favorite podcast app and subscribe to YouTube. And um, we're on there as well. So until next time, Keith, go Hawks. Go Hawks.